Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. I'm Broadway <laughs> World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, real quick, I want to start off with a bit of news at the top. This is great news. The Thirst Ooh. Trap City Broadway Bears colon Zoom in raised as of the printing of the article that I'm looking at that the, the, the press release that Broadway Cares Equity Fights Aid sent out. They raised... $596,000. Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, for BCEFA, which is awesome. I know you can still donate. I know um, former Tell Me More guest Lauren Zacharin um, is is trying to raise some money for it as well as she's been a participant the last few years. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations to them. If you can donate, please do. Um, in this podcast feed yesterday, I had an interview with talent manager Chichi Anyanwu, um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I made myself sound stupid because in the interview, I, I say she started her own agency. And now I know what the difference between an agent and a manager is, but I just thought you had like a talent manager agency. I thought agency, I didn't think Mm -hmm. you had to be an agent to have an agency. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I just thought it was like another term for business, so I made myself sound stupid. (laughs) Uh, But it was a great uh, conversation talking about um, how she approaches being a manager. She's also a uh, audience diversity uh, uh, what's the the consultant. Um, So that was a great conversation. You can hear that in the podcast feed. And Speaking of special guests, just announced at 7.35 p.m. on Tuesday night, this week on Broadway, we'll have another guest on the heels of Raul Esparza. This one will be coming live from Los Angeles at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. It will be the man who has directed, I believe, half of all musicals on Broadway, Casey Nicola. Casey Nicola. Um, will be there. If you are a, uh, a member of our Patreon, you can be a virtual guest while they are recording, ask questions, listen to it live. Um, if you're a Patreon uh, member, go into our Patreon and check that out for all of the details. But that is very, very exciting. I That's sat, a good one. Yeah, I, love I sat, Casey. Yeah, I sat four rows behind Casey at a, um, a preview of Mean Girls. And ah, um, nice, nice. Yeah, it was it was hard to see. The light was reflecting off his head, but um, you're one to you're one to talk exactly. (laughs) Uh, He has more hair than I do, although I could have that much, uh, but I shave it anyway. If you wanted to, well, I mean, it's on the side. We both have it in the same spots. I just shave mine (laughs) off. Uh, Anyway, I love Casey. I think he's great. Um, So this should be a really really fun conversation. And what a career too, like. Starting off in shows like Crazy for You and Thirdly Modern Millie and now directing oh, yeah. and choreographing like every fun musical comedy on Broadway. It's, All the stuff I it's love. really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So other than Sondheim. Well, you know. I mean, he doesn't do the Sondheim yet, but anyway. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Can you, imagine, can you imagine him? Re- <laughs> <His you know. laughs> oh, can you imagine him kind of recycling the, uh, the, the tap numbers that he uses all the time in like a yeah. Sondheim show? That'd I'd be, be into it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday in the Park tap number. <laughs> I mean, I, you could probably work it into some. <laughs> yeah, it could be the day off. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's head into the news, Ashley, and we're going to start off with some news about two shows and a movie that are amending their plans for when we will actually get to see them next. First up on Monday, the Broadway-bound production of the musical Sing Street announced that they will not be coming to the main stem in the spring as previously announced, but instead they will regroup 
buy time, and plan on coming in sometime between the fall of 2021 and the fall of 2022, they will be going into a Schubert Theater to be named later. In a statement, the show's producers said, quote, We want to be responsible and strategic, keyword, about creating a proper runway to launch our new musical on Broadway, which includes a longer period of time from when Broadway theater reopens. Now, actually, this is basically saying what we talked about a few weeks ago, that shows are going to need a not insignificant amount of time to ramp up to opening or returning. And it's sure. it's going to take, you know, some time to sell tickets um, and to sell enough tickets to make it worthwhile, but it's going to be even harder yeah. for new shows like Sing Street that don't have a built-in audience already and are not coming from a well-known property. Sing Street was based on a movie, but it was a very small independent film. Um, sure, right. You know, so I think, and I hate to say this because I, I, if if shows are able to return to the Broadway in the spring. I'm really starting to wonder how many of them actually will. Um, like I could. Oh yeah, I mean, I think about this every day at this point. Yeah, like, like what is actually going to be able to come back, and even like some of the bigger proud. Because I mean, we've talked about it as far as fandom, like what they were going to, like the kind of yeah. whisperings about them having. Uh, planning to shut down for a bit and then come back and now we have like the stuff with the uk tour so it's uh, it's a matter of like when broadway comes back are even the biggest name properties going to as well like what what is what is going to get the priority i think that the biggest names on broadway will i think hamilton wicked lion king the hugh jackman music man i think those will come back maybe moulin rouge i think those will be the ones that have enough interest that they can, you know, withstand um, things being a little different. But I don't know that shows like Sing Street or some of these plays and musicals that had said they were coming in, or even some of the things, even something as strong as Hades Town. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's something. No, oh, that know, makes me so and sad. I'm not saying they're not coming back. Like, I think, like, if they return, they might try to wait until the fall of 2021. When hopefully yeah, there's maybe. a vaccine, hopefully when travels a little bit more, you know, back to its normal levels. But I, I I'm I, starting to gauge myself and, and prepare myself for returning to some semblance of normalcy a year from now rather than in six months from now. I really wonder what that's going to look like, though. Like, say, for example, Hades Town says we're not going to come back right when things start. We're going to come back a few months down the line or even like – you know, like half a year down the line, let's say, what is that going to look like for, you know, shows wanting to come in that are new? Like how, how far back is this going to put shows that were kind of like on the cusp of coming to Broadway? And well, now w- will they ever do so if we have shows that were already on Broadway that are going to start delaying their returns? Well, I think the thing that kind of uh, mitigates that is the fact that I think a lot of shows that were on Broadway won't come back at all um i think there's going to be house oh yeah i think there's going to be houses available and probably more than normally would have been um because of this so there's going to be more opportunities for shows to come in whether they will take that opportunity or not i i don't know um but i'm just trying to think how many shows were already on the way out that had shows that were lined up to come into the theater after them and like what that's gonna look like yeah i i tend to think that and I've said this before, like, I could see maybe a half dozen shows 
10 shows at most uh, making it um, and everything mm-hmm. else closing and we just start to cycle in new stuff. Um, I think six will be okay, uh, but I don't know that that's one six that I would be, yeah. start in the spring. Like, I might wait until next fall to do that one. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's something I would start for the spring. Maybe. Especially since, as we've already talked about with six, uh, there are, I mean, they're treating, well, they had been treating Broadway like a tour stop rather than like the final destination. Yeah. We'll see. I, I yeah, I, I really don't know. And it, it, what's crazy about it is, is, we're talking about these things like, oh, we have these shows that have announced for the spring, but March is what eight, nine months from now, or you know, oh, uh, March and April when they, you know, are supposed to come back. That's, I don't know, I've lost track of time, right? I mean, it's like we were talking about the other day. This lockdown's been, you know, either five days or five years, and we don't know the difference. Right. Who, what, how. How long is April or March away from now? It, it, who knows? Because so many things can change between now and then. But mm. all right. The other stage show in question that I mentioned is the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, which announced on Tuesday that they will be canceling their 2020 edition. This marks the first time that the annual event has been canceled since its inception in 1933. Obviously, Fill, hell, filling Radio City once is always a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being able to fill that venue this fall uh, multiple times a day seems impossible. So I understand this. And I'm glad that I saw it this past year because um, who knows sure. you know what that's like. But And then the last thing I want to mention in this section, it was announced on a Disney shareholders call uh, on Tuesday night that the live action adaptation of the animated musical Mulan, which has been delayed already several times, Will now, will now no longer be heading to movie theaters. Instead, the film will premiere on Disney Plus streaming service starting on September 4th, but it will not be included in your regular subscription like Hamilton was. Instead, it will come at a premium tier with an additional fee of $29.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you think about that, that's expensive, but if you take your kid to right. see it. If you're one person, it's expensive. Yeah. If, you, if you're a family of four, it's not. No, it's actually a steal. And obviously, it's a big right. difference watching something in a movie theater with surround sound and IMAX and all of that Exa- stuff yeah. uh, yes. versus somebody's home. But um, I said this in something I wrote online on Tuesday. Like, obviously, this is not what Disney wanted. But I think at this point, it's the only thing that makes sense. They were down 42%. Uh, for the quarter in terms of revenue, which is honestly, it's better than I thought it would be. But they've mm-hmm. got to do something. They've got to find a way to do that. And sitting on this just delays the inevitable because we don't know how long it'll be. They said this right. will be a right. one-off and they do not have currently any other plans to put any of the films that are currently in limbo on the streaming service. But they did say if this goes incredibly well, they could be doing it in the future. So we will right. see what happens there. Will you pay? Me, will you pay thirty me, bucks to see it? Me as a uh, me as a single person, I am not exactly excited about the idea of paying thirty bucks to rent a movie. Which I, I mean, this, I was looking forward to see this, so it's not like I'm completely indifferent about it. I just it'll eventually be I'm, on Disney Plus regular. Exactly. Streaming, so. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Someone will like Instagram live it or something. Yeah. I'm sure as well. Well, but. Yeah, I mean, I, it's eventually going to end up on Disney Plus after the this period of rental or whatever. But I will tell mm-hmm. you, 
if they put Black Widow on there, the new MCU movie that was supposed to come out in May, I will pay $30. I mean, that's you. Yes, and many, many, <laughs> many other people. Ugh, well, right. y'all have y'all have fun with your thirty dollars rental. It'll be worth it. I'll make my brother come watch it with me so we can split. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> All right. So actually, let's move on to some news about shows and shows that might be ending up on screen. Yesterday, Deadline reported that this latest musical adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac will be turned into a feature film. I. Okay, this was most recently... I have been really excited to hear what you have to say about this all day. Well, most recently, this version of the show was seen off-Broadway starring Peter Dinklage, whose wife Erica Schmidt wrote the book. She actually directed it off-Broadway. She won't be directing the film. Mm -hmm. Um, Dinklage will return as the star. The music is by the band The National. And in the Deadline article, they reported that Tony and Emmy nominee Brian Tyree Henry and Emmy winner Ben Mendelsohn will now co-star. Now... In the new group's production, Roxanne was played by Jasmine Cephas Jones. But mm-hmm. for the film, the role will now be played by film actress Haley Bennett. But you might think, oh my gosh, they're getting rid of a, a woman of color to put a white woman in this role. Um, actually, Haley originated the role when it was at the Goodspeed Opera House in 2018 right, before right. it came uh, to New York. But not so coincidentally, Bennett's partner and baby daddy, Joe Wright, is set to direct the film. So, yep. yeah, I, yeah, not a surprise, I suppose. Um, no. our, our friend Seth Christianfeld uh, let me know that because I did not realize the connection ah. between those two. But anyway, there's no timeline for the film, but I got to tell you, Ashley, I have not been less interested in a movie musical in a <laughs> long time. Um, off Broadway, I thought it was, it was fine. It was dark I was and say, dreary. I didn't, get, I didn't get a chance to see it. I was supposed to. And then the MTA in classic yeah. form back when it was working kept me from seeing it. So I didn't get a chance to see it. But I know having texted you ahead of time, yeah. uh, it wasn't one of your favorite shows it, of the season. It was just drab and bland and i mean to be honest with you jazzy jasmine cephas jones was Mm -hmm. by far the most exciting and interesting part of the production for me i mean she was great um i mean there were a few good songs but they were all more or less sounded the same to me and the setting was just right bleak and it i mean it was interesting i thought it was well directed um it just it missed on a lot of areas for me and if this wasn't you know, going to start Peter Dinklage and have him full force behind it because of his connection uh, with his wife. Right. Um, I can't imagine this would happen because, in my opinion, it's not very good. <sighs> Haley St. James, I tweeted about it and Haley St. James uh, responded and said they loved it. And uh, I, I'm i glad, as oh, Peter Felicia always good. says, I would much rather you enjoy something than agree with me. Um, <laughs> yes, but, very fair. Yeah, but in other news where I just give a big old Meh. Uh, in a story in the London Times or the Times of London earlier this week, it was reported that Florence Welch, who is the uh, eponymous star of the rock band Florence and the Machine, is currently yes, writing indeed. a musical adaptation of The Great Gatsby. Wah, wah. Uh, actually, I, I don't want to be <laughs> a Debbie Downer, uh, but I do not need a musical version of The Great Gatsby. I, I would I still like either. to see Gats by the Elevator Repair Company. But other than that... <laughs> I don't need to see a well-worn story of materialism, deceit, yeah, cynicism, hedonism, care. and tragedy set in the 20s 
because we are actually living that exact same thing. I just, I don't, I don't need it. Right. Yeah. I mean, give me all the hedonism always, <laughs> but I just don't need another, I don't need another version of Gatsby. I just don't. No. I, the move, the last movie was enough. I don't care. I don't need a musical of it. And I love, love, love Florence and the Machine. So, I mean, theoretically, I would be thrilled by any kind of musical. But let, me, let me ask you, because I don't know one. much about Florence and the Machine. What is their mm. style of music? Did, would it fit into a presentation of the, of the, like this last Baz Luhrmann film? Like if they took that? Yeah, I think so. It, so I their think music would so. fit in that vibe? Yeah, I think so. It's been a minute since I've seen, because I'm not particularly a Baz Luhrmann fan to begin with. Um, so I kind of blacked out a lot of the movie. But yeah, they would. I mean, it's very kind of like, I would, I would categorize it as dreamy in a way. So it would work. It would work, but I, I don't need a new one. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm Give me the one with team, Sam Waterston, and that's all we need. Sure, why not? All right. So finally in this section, it <laughs> appears that Amazon Studios has acquired a new movie musical produced by Scooter Braun and Channing Tatum. The project is described as a Lady Macbeth young adult musical, but actually, I have questions. Uh, but first, John McPhail, who made the really, really good zombie horror comedy musical Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, if, that's, if you haven't seen that, it's streaming. I think maybe on Hulu. It's really good. Um, uh, right. John is directing and SJ Edwards is writing. Now, to my questions. The only details that we okay. get um, are that it is about a teenage girl who, quote, grapples with her own morality as she contends with the dreadful consequences of her ambition. So is this like a Macbeth prequel and this is Lady Macbeth as a kid? Cause then, then she obviously did not. Like, right. Yeah. But then clearly she did not contend with them all that well because she, her ambition leads to even more dreadful consequences <laughs> in the actual Macbeth. True. Or I would be more interested if they did the Macbeth thing and oh, took the Shakespeare's nice. story. And centered it around, uh, That'd be teenage far more interesting. Women. Yeah. So I would much prefer that because, like, retrofitting the story of Lady Macbeth to just be the exact same thing, but 20, 30 years earlier, like, okay. Mm-hmm. And Scooter Braun is on my list for the way he treated, uh, Taylor Swift. I'm not even a big Swifty, but, um, Oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah. There's that big thing. Yeah. Definitely, you know, put him in charge of a story about teenage girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, no, no, we'll deal with that later. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Because of all of my cynicism and my bah humbugging, let's get into a few feel good recommendations mm. and some news. First up, earlier this week, Lifetime announced its slate of 30 new holiday movies for their wonderful Lifetime programming beginning later this year. In it, they will have 1,200 hours of holiday programming running 24-7 from mid-October through December, including many new and returning stars to their Hollywood films. Now, these have not traditionally been as good as the Hallmark movies, but they're pretty much the same. Hopefully, they've upped Mm -hmm. their game a little bit. But the reason I'm talking about this is that one of the films is set to star Tony winner Ali Stroker. In it... 
she plays a romance novelist who every Christmas spends Christmas at a bed and breakfast. But this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's facing deadlines. She has writer's block. And then she oh, meets well. the new owner of the bed and breakfast who bears a striking resemblance to uh, the hero of her novels, yada, yada, yada. Same story. Um, but you don't watch these because you want new stories. But <laughs> also, also, um, the network announced that they will be having their first Christmas movie featuring an LGBTQ romance. Um, This is not a side characters. It's not a B plot. It's not a little plot point. It is the actual lead story of the new film, The Christmas Setup. They have not given any other details about it, but the full slate, including stars, will be released in September. Didn't Hallmark just announce they, that they were doing? They did. A both queer Hallmark and uh, mm. both Hallmark and Lifetime are going to have a, a queer centered story. Uh, love a gay slate. rivalry. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so <laughs> next up on Tuesday, uh, Birdland and Broadway World announced a new concert series that will be coming actually from the stage of Birdland, but will be streamed through Broadway World events. These will be filmed concerts with three cameras and everybody socially distanced, musicians, no audience, um, but uh, they will air a new show every Thursday at 7 p.m. On the list of folks in, being a part of this are Paulo Zott, Kate Rockwell, Aisha DeHaas, Max Von Essen with special guest Nick Adams, Julie Halston, Jessica Vox, uh, uh, Vosk, Nikki Renee Daniels, Billy Stritch, Chris Sieber, um, uh, Amanda Green, The Skivvies, Telly Leung, uh, uh, Christina Bianco, and more. It's going to be really very cool. Um, very, very fun. So if you want to find out more about that, you can check out the show notes. Where I, I love this. Yeah, we're going to need something. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have oh, shows yeah. until this. So figuring uh-huh. out ways to do this. And this is a little different than a lot of like the Seth concerts or other stuff where people are um, zooming from their own homes. This is actually going right, to be on the stage. Camera. Yeah. They're going to have a three camera setup. Um, it's going to be and some of them. Some of them have already been filmed. Um, what? And, you know, three cameras, state of the art. Not sound. like I didn't know that yeah. because I follow like a thousand covers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so it's going to be very cool. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, and finally, this one is delightful. Um, coming up, starting tomorrow, actually, running the 5th through the 9th, the, we will have the final edition of the Homebound Project, which is yeah. a bunch of short plays that benefit No Kid Hungry. Uh, included in this next one are stars like Brian Cox, um, Lena Dunham, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Austin Pendleton, Amanda Seyfried, um, and a bunch of other stuff. But the one I want to talk about is this 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 little thing that was written by Stephen Karam and is going to star Lori mm-hmm. Metcalf. Love it. On Monday, Lori Metcalf took to Twitter. She doesn't have Twitter. It's actually Stephen Karam's Twitter to <laughs> to get people to do it. And it looks like she's in a cabin, uh, which if you're going to quarantine in a cabin, uh, that's cool. Um, but it was funny. Very and, misery of her. Yeah, it, it was funny. She couldn't figure out how to get the light. It was very funny. It was clearly scripted and she was playing it for comedy. But because we don't get a lot of social media stuff with Laurie Metcalf, it was just like, she's 
I mean, obviously one of the best actresses in the world, both comedy Correct. and drama, but like just as herself in something that was probably scripted, it was so much fun to see her do mm. something silly. So we will have a link to that in the show love notes. It. And I will Always also, love her. yeah. And so you can go to homeboundtheater.org, theater with an ER. And, um, I feel like whatever shows end up being on Broadway, when we come back, Laurie Metcalf will, is pretty much guaranteed to be in one of them. I was going to say two or three of them. I mean, one, two, three, all of them. Yeah. I could see her in everything. She can be Bobby and company. She can, she, oh, she'd be a <laughs> she good can do Joanne. a little Mary and the librarian. Yeah, I'm here for it. I am definitely here for it. Uh, <laughs> all right. That is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Don't forget to head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon to get in on the Casey Nicola Love Fest. Yeah. Casey will be a guest on this Sunday, August the 9th episode of This Week on Broadway. You can join live uh, in the chat via Zoom. And uh, who knows? James might call on you to ask a question or two of the uh, great actor, dancer, director, choreographer. So All of it. That is all that we have for today. Have a wonderful hump day, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.